horses are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Englehart, racing's regular guy. All right. Well, welcome to another edition of Winning Ponies. So happy to have you with us. Hope everybody had a marvelous Thanksgiving and uh, hope you're doing well as you gear up for the holiday season. Uh, I've got uh, my first guest might uh, might help you with some of those gifts you might be looking for. None other than Michael Blowen, the founder and director and uh, chief of Feeding Carrots at Old Friends Retirement Farm down in Georgetown, Kentucky. Uh, we're going to talk with Michael, well, about some of the great you know, if you're looking for something a little bit different, you don't got to worry about the size. You want to go to old friends. They've got a lot of different things. Um, a, you can just make a donation that will make you feel good throughout the holiday season by buying, I don't know, a couple bales of hay or some feed. You don't have to buy it and deliver it. They'll take care of it. You just tell them how much you want to donate, vet bills, things like that. And um, then also you've got uh, horse ownership. Uh, through the SHARE program. We'll ask Michael about that. And something I just found out about and just watched a video of, and that is Old Friends Japan. Yes, there is now an Old Friends in Japan. And from what I understand, if it hasn't happened yet, there is an Old Friends Retirement Center scheduled for South Korea. So we'll find out a lot more about Michael and also hook you up some good ideas for holiday gifts when we have Michael blowing on. And then my second guest, well, you've probably heard his voice somewhere along the lines, none other than Bobby Newman. And uh, Bobby, uh, you know, has uh, been calling at a lot of different uh, racetracks o- over the years. Um, I mean, he started out at some of the fairs uh, out west because he's another one of the graduates of the uh, racetrack industry program out there in Arizona. So he called it at, at some of the fairs, I think, in Arizona, and then uh, worked his way. Uh, he was uh, he replaced actually Todd Shrupp at Calder in for the Paddock Handicapping Show, and I believe that was after his days calling here in Ohio at Put Thistledown. We'll find out more about the life and times of Bobby Newman, but we'll also find out what Bobby likes to do and likes to bet on this weekend at Aqueduct, four graded stakes races at Aqueduct. So yes, Breeders' Cup has come and gone, but Graded stakes races are not over on the national racing scene. Of course, the highlight of the day will be the Cigar Mile. What an evenly matched, tough field. Uh, Not too many uh, big headliners. You know, with the Breeders' Cup, a lot of those stay on the sidelines. But one that's back to racing already is Ginobili, who ran second to Life is Good in the Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile. Wow. Uh, they're uh, wheeling it back from that November 6th start here a month later. The thing is, the horse has uh, not raced on the East Coast from what I can see. It's basically a, a West Coast uh, uh, 
centered horse. So we'll see what Ginobili and Drayden Van Dyke do. He's been riding the horse out at Del Mar successfully, I should say. So uh, Bobby Newman is going to be with us, and we're going to cover uh, the races uh, at Aqueduct. Also, uh, while we're going to these different tracks, and uh, some of them will just be opening up. By the way, we'll be covering them all. Uh, we got Oaklawn Park and Turfway Park uh, opening up this week. Uh, but uh, we go everywhere with our picks. So come on over to winningponies.com. Go to the easy win forms. And uh, just uh, over the uh, Thanksgiving Day period at Tampa Bay Down, we had a $1 super high five that paid $1,471 with our easy win forms. And how about over at Parks? Just the day before, a $1 pick three paid over $1,300. And yeah, we go to Ohio, Mahoning Valley. It was here just five days ago that we hit a 50-cent try that paid 2858 Hey, I'm not going to bore you. All the results and our picks are over on winningponies.com. Easy win forms, very affordable um, and uh, e- easy to figure out who we're telling you to play. Hopefully, you'll get one of those, uh, those big hits. So uh, let's uh, take a look. Just uh, news coming out. Um, <clears throat> from what I know just uh, a couple hours ago, is that Churchill Downs is reportedly exploring selling off Twin Spires Racing, which uh, they describe as the premier online horse racing wagering platform in the United States. Uh, so this just broke about uh, – Four hours ago, this story, uh, because the financial news site on Bloomberg uh, put it out, several sources requested anonymity because they were sharing information that hadn't been divulged by a publicly traded company, and a Churchill's official decided to decline to comment. So, uh, to comment. So, they're working with an advisor to solicit potential interest in the wagering platform. This will be very interesting. One of the sources estimated that Twin Spires could fetch as much as one point five billion in a single transaction. Wow. So I don't have all the details. Uh, the story's only four hours old. Not sure when you're listening to this, but it, it will be interesting. All right, let's try to get to some of the news of the week. Well, Johnny V, he's going to head away from the New York winter as he usually does, but he won't be going to Florida. Looks like he's going to be going out west, and he's going to winter at Santa Anita. Hard to believe that Johnny V is 50 years old right now, but he's still riding like a Hall of Famer. Our friend Jay Privman uh, broke this story uh, just on uh, earlier this week, uh, Monday, I believe it came out. So uh, if you've been watching recently, lately, you see Johnny V, uh, man, I'd like to have his air miles because he has been spending a lot of weekends in California, his home's in New York, and he pops up a little bit everywhere where there's graded stakes races. You know, you get to be 50 years old, you can start to pick your spots, but he had such success on the West Coast earlier this year. He's going back out there, and you know, he's been riding for the likes of Bob Baffert, Richard Baltus, uh, Doug O'Neill, so he'll be just fine when he gets out there. Now, that's where Johnny V's going to land. Once again, this year, Florent Giroux will uh, going to base at Oaklawn, and then he'll do what he did last year with Brad Cox as his main client, is he'll ship between Hot Springs 
and New Orleans and go back and forth. Wherever the big hosses are going, uh, that's where he'll go, according to his agent, Doug Bradar. we got to get Doug back on the show. What success he's had with Florent Giroux. Um, I mean, uh, so an expanded calendar is going to say that uh, they're going to start opening in December. And uh, so their holiday schedule is what Brader calls very kind. So uh, he'll be able to go back and forth between the fairgrounds and Oaklawn. And uh, they'll be very, very dangerous. As you know, uh, Cox and Giroux have been a very formidable duo. So that's where he's going to land. That's where Johnny V's going to land. And along out of the breeding shed, how about Gunrunner? We've been talking about this all year long, but it, it is finally official. Uh, Gunrunner set a new record for progeny earnings for a first crop sire when his total move packed the $3.8 million mark. Uh, Uncle Mo used to hold the old record of 3.7, and that was back in 2015. And back then, uh, prior to Uncle Mo, it was uh, Tappet back in 2008. Of course, Uncle Mo and Tappet still doing very, very well. And uh, but right now, it's Gunrunners World, and other studs are just living it, uh, living in it. And from his first crop to race, I. You know, Gunrunner has been represented by Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies winner Echo Zulu. She's got to win the championship. And uh, hopeful stakes winner Gunite, graded stakes uh, winners Papa Cat, Wick- Wicked Halo. And I got a feeling we're going to be talking about Gunrunner stakes winners for many, many years to come. Well, two great swan songs over the holiday. I can't go to all of the, of the race results. Probably most of you have already looked them up or bet on them. But how about Maxfield? He ended his career in style taking home the Clark Handicap. So he added one more to his resume, and he's going to be going to John Abel Star Farm, rather. Uh, and it uh, looks like uh, at first he was going to go there, and they said, nah, let's, let's see if he can go out with, with a win. And he certainly did uh, very uh, impressively in the Clark. Uh, so congratulations uh, to all the connections uh, of Maxfield. Uh, I think he'll be very, very well received. And, uh, you know, what can I say? Uh, if you've been watching him or betting on him, you've had a good time with Maxfield. So uh, off to the Breeders' Cup, off to the Breeders' Shed at Johnabelle. Slow down, Johnny. And another great story for career ending winning effort. None other than Pink Lloyd. That's right. Your eyes have to go north of the border. But in Canada, Pink Lloyd, he is something else. I mean, he he is a living legend. Seven-time Sovereign Award winner. That's the big awards up in Canada. Uh, Perfect ending to his career. Uh, Came home with a late rally and uh, for the third time took the grade two Kennedy Road Stakes in his 38th And final start. This is just fantastic. Well, we're going to be talking about, uh, you know, retired horses uh, during this show. uh, But it looks like he is going to find a good home and kind of uh, old friends north, uh, shall we say. Uh, Looks like he's going to be going to long run Thoroughbred Retirement Society, and I believe uh, Eureka De Rosa Da Silva brought that up a couple of weeks ago. We were talking uh, to him about how he 
donates money to the retirement programs. And as the former writer of Pink Lloyd, uh, I'm sure he'll be helping out uh, the people there at Long Run. But just an amazing story. At nine years old, and he's still winning stakes. So congratulations to everybody associated with Pink Lloyd. Of course, uh, he. 2017 Canadian Horse of the Year, but he's won numerous sprint titles north of the border. And who's the top two-year-old boy in the country? Probably Corniche, and it looks like he's going to freshen at Windstar before being returned to Baffert, which I find kind of interesting. It, it looks like he'll probably be the two-year-old champion after winning the Breeders' Cup, and but he's going to be freshened at Windstar, going back to Bob Baffert's barn, but if memory serves me well, the Windstar connection is pulled most of their horses from the Bob Baffert's barn. So I'm sure there is a plan in place for these horses that might be going on to Churchill Downs the first Saturday in May. All right, that's a quick look at national news, some race results. But right now we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, one of the greatest guys in the racing business, a saint walking among us, none other than Michael Blowen. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. BUSR brings you the best options for Triple Crown season, and now is the time to get in on the action. Bet on the Kentucky Derby with BUSR. Enjoy daily rebates and cash bonuses, including up to a $500 welcome bonus for Winning Ponies listeners. Enter promo code PONIES, P-O-N-I-E-S, when you sign up at BUSR.com backslash ponies. Again, that's promo code PONIES, P-O-N-I-E-S, at BUSR.com backslash ponies bet with confidence bet with busr you're tuned in to winning ponies with your host john inglehart racing's regular guy the phone lines are open and are toll free 1-866-472-5788 or send us an email at show at winningponies.com john and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. All right, and if you're a fan of this show, you know I am a fan of Old Friends Retirement Farm. And with us, the man that uh, came up with the concept and didn't just suggest somebody else do it. He did it himself, none other than Michael Blow. And, Michael, great to hear your voice again. Uh, it's nice to hear from you, John. Uh, love to be on Winning Ponies, love to talk to you, and love to do anything to help these old horses, uh, 
as we live out the days. Well, uh, you know, you and I spoke uh, briefly uh, the other day, and um, maybe I was being philosophical about it. I'm not sure. But, Michael, you are kind of like uh, heaven on earth's gatekeeper. Um, you, 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 you bring these horses in, a lot of them high profile, certainly not all of them, but all of them with their story to tell uh, as a thoroughbred horse. Um, but let's face it, Michael, uh, not to become maudlin or anything, but anytime you bring a great horse in your facility, you immediately know, I'm bringing this horse here and he's going to live out his life and most probably will uh, will end his days here is is it is it hard seeing these horses come to you and uh you know a a, a healthy shape and they love your farm i've seen them and they eat it up uh, knowing that someday they're going to end up at another part of the farm where they won't be grazing anymore well they you know frankly john they say the same thing about me <laughs> Hey, come here flowers well, on your grave. I don't know how much longer that old guy's going to be around, but I told Diane, my wife, I said, look, when I die, we have the cemetery, of course, in the, in our, behind our house, and there's, I think, 82 of these great animals, you know, great, great athletes uh, are buried there. They have their tombstones and their signs, and, of course, a lot of them are multimillionaires. So I told Diana, I said, when I die, get me cremated, throw my ashes out the back, just don't put my lifetime earnings on the sign. Just <laughs> <laughs> leave that you alone. finished off the board. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. No, it's, it is difficult, you know, when they, when they go. And you think after all these years, you kind of get used to it and all that, but it really, that's really not the case. It's always, it's always difficult. And, you know, some of them pass and, uh, you get so attached to them because, you know, one of the things they always tell you, if you're getting into the racing business is don't make these horses your pets. Well, we make them our pets and that's, that's the really good part of it. And that's the difficult part of it when they start to get uh, really old and, and and either they, they, they pass away, uh, naturally, or 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 they get into such terrible trouble that uh, the lives aren't worth living anymore, and there's no joy in it. And they're just existing, and that's what we call them the vet, and ask them for an, an opinion. And you know, actually, you know, I think in in terms of uh, these horses dying, you know, it's it's like um, I would say that it's I've never made a mistake about euthanizing a horse too soon, but I've already, I've, I've made several mistakes of waiting too long and I never want to wait too long. I want to do what's best for them. So, but it, it, until then, gotta let's be have tough. some fun. <laughs> hey, but the bottom line is that, that you're there to, to give them comfort and to make them feel like the stars they are, uh, you know, throughout their uh, the rest of their life. You know, I've been there. I've seen people's faces light up when, hell, maybe for the first time they ever petted a horse on the nose, but they might be 
petting a Kentucky Derby on uh, winner on the nose. I mean, it's unbelievable. I love seeing all the old video of uh, not old, but uh, the the video that I watch of of Silver Charm and uh, and things like that. Of course, uh, uh, we miss War Emblem. I love going out there and watching you interact with that feisty son of a gun and uh, just things like that. I mean, that's the other thing, Michael. Is you've got to kind of ferret out. I mean, um, this this new kid coming up the path that's going to be let out to one of your one of your paddocks you got to kind of size him up and i love something that you said on the old friends japan video of which we'll go to in a second uh but he says basically i mean you you paraphrase this um for me that they kind of tell you they teach you what it is they their whole life they've been told what to do told what to do told what to do as far as you know uh, going through a sales ring going into training becoming a racehorse and now according to you they tell you what to do no that's exactly right it's uh, that's not metaphoric at all it's actually true that you have to figure out what what you can do to make their lives uh, better and as soon as you, they're able to tell you that and they're able to teach you, then their lives become a lot better and your life becomes a lot better, too, because everybody gets very, very relaxed. I mean, you can, you know, most of the horses we have at the farm here, even the stallions that we're warned. I mean, they used to call uh, Touch Gold. Of course, people remember Touch Gold as the horse who won the Belmont Ruin Silver Charms Triple Crown, and now they're neighbors. <laughs> And one of the one of the cool things about hanging around with the horses is, unlike humans, they don't hold grudges. These the two of them get along fine. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, uh, Touch Gold. They nicknamed him uh, Hannibal Lecter in the breeding shed because he liked to eat humans. <laughs> and wow. So, so uh, but but now that he's here and he's relaxed a little and he realizes that he's the. He's the boss. He's uh, he's a changed uh, he's a changed uh, creature. He just he's uh, you have to be careful around him because if you do something he doesn't like, you might try to take a nip out of you. But so far so good. And and uh, and these horses are very very expressive. And one of the really really fun things that I've learned by hanging around with them is how different they all are. You know, you, you know, I still like to drink and I still like to bet. And I still do all the things that I used to do before this. Uh, However, one of the really interesting things is when you're betting them, their numbers and, you know, you really don't see their personalities. They, you know, they go around once or twice around the, around the track and that's about it. And then when you start to realize up close and personal what they're like, it, it, it makes the sport so much richer and the, and, the, and the understanding of the athletes so much more profound because they're all different. Well, you've done a great job at making them happy. You know, I've watched it over the years. Uh, horses acclimate themselves uh, to the farm, and they're just, uh, first of all, they're blessed to be with you. Uh, but but you just tell they're happy. And like I said, it's great seeing people's faces uh, light up when you introduce them to these horses. Go, yeah, this horse won the Belmont Stakes, and this horse competed in the Breeders' Cup. And uh, Now, I've got one question somebody asked me today that I couldn't honestly answer when I told them you were going to be on the show. And they said, are all male horses um, castrated when they, or before they come to old friends? Uh, no. Uh, the the most the breeding stallions that we get here uh, are all intact stallions. They have as I they have to be by themselves in their own paddock. I, the geldings really like to have roommates. 
but the stallions only want to have neighbors. And <laughs> so uh, we don't. <laughs> we don't. Uh, we do. There's a, there's a very antiquated regulation from the U.S. Department of Agriculture. When you import a stallion, they have to be test bred to two mares twice uh, in order to pass the CEM test to prove they don't have CEM. And when we brought uh, some horses back from Japan, they all want, they all had to be go through this procedure. Well, everybody knew, everybody at the, all the veterinarians knew, all the people in Japan, the racing people in Japan knew, all of us knew that War Emblem, the reason we got War Emblem is he wasn't going to breed a mare again for the rest of his life. Uh, it wasn't because he couldn't, it was because he absolutely refused to. And so we sent him over to the clinic, and he, they tried to get him to test breed the two mares twice a day. We kept him over there for 30 days, and he only got more and more aggravated. And, uh, and, and that was a warm way of doing things. So by the time he came back to the farm, he was really mad. And it just created a lot of problems. And then they told us that since he wouldn't breed those mares, that we had, our choices were to send them back to Japan at our own expense uh, to keep him quarantined, in quarantine for the rest of his life. It would have been ridiculous. Or to geld them. And so we decided with that we would geld them, uh, with the advice of many, many, many uh, veterinarians. And, uh, and so we did. And it worked out okay in his case. But some of these older horses that have had breeding careers, it, it, the older they get, the more dangerous that operation becomes. Right. There's a lot of veins and arteries down there, uh, and 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 it can and it can be very dangerous. And if we didn't have such great veterinarians, it might have been risky for him, but uh, it wasn't, and it and it worked out okay. But no, we again we try and do what we think is best for the horse, and and leaving them alone to. You know the best thing we can do. We we just got Bellamy Road here from from Jessica Steinbrenner, George Steinbrenner. Oh, I got to send you some photos. And, great, great. Oh, yeah, he won the cradle stakes up at River Downs. Yes, he did. Yes, he certainly did. And he he had that amazing race in the Wood Memorial. I mean, he was an amazing horse, and he would have won if they did. He would have won the Derby if they didn't run so many rabbits. You know, if he didn't have so many rabbits, and he, if he wasn't so fast, he would have won the Derby. If you remember, that's the race that all the closers won. So Giacomo strolled home, and behind him, a uh, 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 closing argument was behind him, and then a fleet house was behind him. And 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 Bellamy Road stopped, but he was he was just a phenomenal racehorse, and he's yes. a, a great retiree here. But he's still intact, and he has his own he has his own paddock. Well, I look forward to seeing him. I, I got to send you. I've got a picture. Anyhow, I, I'll talk to you off the air about that. Um, but so anyhow, okay. I got about seven minutes left, so I got to pack two important things in, in into these seven minutes. And uh, the, let's make the last segment Christmas gifts and and how people get them and all the different ones that are available. But the thing that I that you told me about earlier in this week that I got to watch a video today was that there. Your influence is now international, Michael Blowen, oh and that was now it's in so old amazing. friends, Japan. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Well, you know, it took us a while, but we established a really, really great relationship with the Japanese Racing Association and the JBBA, the Japanese Breeders 
and we were able to bring, you know, Gaijin home from Japan after his breeding career was over. Silver Charm was over in Japan for 11 years, and he came home. Uh, Ogaijin, uh, uh, the European creator, uh, one of my personal favorites, uh, uh, Sunshine Forever. Anyway, we, we've established this really great relationship with the Japanese in the shadow of what happened to, to Ferdinand over there, uh, uh, unfortunately. And um, so, so we, we developed this really good relationship with the Japanese. And the breeders and the owners and the trainers and the jockeys and the, and the people that worked with all these horses, when they came to Kentucky to, to buy horses, they would always come by the farm and see their favorite horses uh, out, out with all friends. And as time went on, they decided they wanted to have their own place because they realized they could attract tourists. They realized that it could be good for the economy. They realized it could be great for the horses. Uh, and, and, and so they developed old friends, Japan, and they called me and they wanted to call it old friends. And I was flattered, of course. And now I, I look at their operation and, uh, and their logo and everything about what they're doing is better than, <laughs> better than what we're doing. But it's really, it's really amazing. And the other really cool thing is that because now they'll be keeping a lot of the horses in Japan and using them uh, to attract uh, attract visitors and letting the Japanese fans come out and adore these horses, uh, that we've opened up the door with uh, with with Mr. Park with June Park to make to uh, to repatriate some of the uh, horses that have gone to South Korea uh, back to old friends here, and uh, we're working. Uh, uh, with them right now, and I, ho- I hope everything works out. You never can tell, but but right now we're working on uh, any given Saturday and Colonel John coming home from South wow. Korea. So, yeah, it's very flattering. It's uh, going to be great for the horses. It's going to be great for the people of, of of Japan to be able to pay tribute to these great horses, and and they really do love their horses, and and uh, for the whole. Uh, problem with the whole slaughter of Ferdinand was a really uh, unfortunate error and it never should have happened and 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 uh, thank God we're over over that and everybody's being a lot more careful about what happens to these horses at the end of their day so worked well, out really cr- well for everybody particularly the horses yeah, I mean, boy, you talk about it on the exact opposite side of the world. Uh, it, it literally is. Well, hey, real quick, I uh, want to thank uh, uh, Cindy uh, uh, Grizzolia that works with old friends who helped me out to pull down a list of fantastic things that, you know, people are like, you know, I don't know what size Michael is or John is, and I don't know what to get him. He's got everything. We have, well, does he have a share in a Kentucky Derby winner, you may ask, or any of the other great uh, horses that you had? Does he have a share in Bellamy Road? You can sell him a share for a donation. You want to give us the details on that? That's pretty cool. Sure. Well, I always thought it'd be cool to own some of these horses, and even if it was just symbolic. And so we sell shares in all of our horses for $100 a share. Uh, Little Silver Charm, my miniature horse, and Gorgeous George, our donkey companion to Alphabet Soup, they're $25. And uh, people get a certificate uh, that says they own, they have a share in the horse, and uh, and they get a a nice 8x10 picture. And I know that... uh, some of these certificates are up everywhere from 
a few bars in Miami to the Harvard Divinity School. So <laughs> it's got a wide range of participation. Oh, that is and great. It's, Just it's think really, about people- really, really a lot of fun. And, and then if personally they want to send me a $20 gift certificate uh, uh, credit voucher for Turfway Park, I'll take it. There you go, starting tonight, opening night. You can get up there and, and, and do it. Now, uh, th- there's other things you could get is that there's now a um, – if you want to be a permanent part of old friends, you guys are putting together a memory lane, and you can actually uh, choose a, a, a brick size, color, graphics, and you and individuals can be uh, a part of this legendary farm. Yes, it's it's that's really cool because people are buying these bricks. It's very much like they did up they're doing up at the uh, the Racing Museum and Hall of Fame in Saratoga, where you can uh, have a, a a notation or a name or a sentiment or a or an engraving on a brick, and then we put the brick into our cemetery, uh, and you can have it right alongside where Warren Bush buried and Charismatics buried and Hidden Lake and. And it, these bricks provide the walkway so people can go around and visit the graves of, of them and skip away and, and the others that we have uh, uh, buried down there in a garden. And the garden, interestingly enough, is named after Nikki Bacharach, the daughter of the composer Bert Bacharach and the, the actress Angie Dickinson. And, uh, we retired Bert's horse, Afternoon Delights, many years ago. He's still, he's still here. He's 29, about to turn 30. And and Angie's been supporting the farm for a long, long time. And she's actually she's actually been here to visit, spent several days here actually. And we named the far the uh, the the garden uh, after her, their daughter Nikki. And uh, Nikki died on her fortieth birthday, and so uh, it's in her memory. And people can can uh, donate to Nikki's garden and to, to cemetery to all friends and, and have a you know and and. People walk around now and read the bricks, and it's 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 very touching what people say about not just our horses, but horses in general, horses they bet on, and and sometimes some horse they just visited here that nobody ever heard of practically, and 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 they buy a brick and that horse is on it. So it's it's very touching, and 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 uh, we're thrilled to have people participate. Well, Michael, I hate to bring this conversation to a close, but my producer, Andrew, tells me I got to get out of here, which is very sad words, because, Michael, anytime (laughs) you're on the show, it's a great one. Thanks for joining us once again, and I hope to see you soon. I want to tell all all the people, there's just too much to know about. Just go on over to oldfriends.com, check it out, go to the gift shop, and buy your friends a very unique gift for this holiday season. Michael Blowen, you're the best. Thanks for joining us on Winning Ponies. Oh, thanks. Thanks so much, John. May all your ponies be the winning ones. All right. We'll get the voucher to Turfway off to you as soon as we finish the show. <laughs> thanks, John. Appreciate it. All right. That was Michael Blowing from Old Friends of Retirement. You got to go down there, Georgetown, Kentucky. If you're heading towards Lexington, it's just north, real easy to get to. Right now, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, Bobby Newman's going to join us. You're listening to Winning Ponies.
the Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the Easy Win Form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. To Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart, Racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll free 1 866 472 5788 or send us an email at show at winningponies.com. John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. All right, and with me now, a gentleman I've been trying to get on the show for a while and finally got around to doing it, Bobby Newman. Good to hear your voice again. How have you been? All good, my friend. Been a long time since uh, we've seen each other face-to-face since, uh, oh, probably almost 25 years back uh, in the 7 and 7 days with Thistledown and Riverdowns. Yes, yes. Uh, it uh, those were the. That's when we were trying to get our foot in the door for simulcast wagering. Of course, Ohio dragging their feet as they do on every national issue. Um, we're like the last ones to allow simulcast racing, but that was our kind of our way of backdooring it. Backdooring it a little bit. People are saying, "Well, how the heck you know about?" Well, Bobby at that time was uh, a, a track announcer at Thistledown, but he worked his way up it kind of reminds me a lot of the career uh that our friend pete aiello took i mean uh goes to uh university of arizona racetrack industry program uh kind of uh, made his way around some of the fair circuit finally made his way to ohio got to call it uh, you know a medium-sized track like river downs or thistle down and then boom out on the national scene and uh bobby's uh, been there done that uh Something I found out the other day talking to him was that you actually replaced Todd Shrupp on the Paddock Show at Calder at one point in your career. Yeah, in 1999, Todd Shrupp was leaving to be one of the first people on brand new network, TVG, and he had been at Calder for, oh, I don't know, five, six years, something like that as the Paddock guy there. And they needed somebody to come in, so they hired me to do it. And uh, I was the backup announcer to a longtime, you know, voice of Calder, Phil Salzman, uh, for the last four or five years of his career. And then he retired, and I, I moved up to the booth. Well, and, and and that was a good thing. But like any track announcer, uh, you, you guys are you. It, it's kind of a tough job, Bobby, in that. 
there's just so many openings. It's not like every city has an opening position for a track announcer. Oh, I think I'll move to Columbus. Um, you, you know, uh, it's kind of interesting. It's almost like sometimes watching a, a musical chairs, you know, one announcer decides to retire, decides to go here or there, some situation, and then boom, this door opens up and then different guys shuttle around. And of course, you've got dates, you know, there's uh, no year-round racetracks. Um, that, that's got to be tough that, uh, you, you know, you, you're was working at one spot but you kind of out of the side of your eye you guys are a small fraternity you keep an eye on what each other are doing yeah there i mean there are a few few jobs out there and a few guys out there that are probably uh not you know never looking to go anywhere else you mentioned pete aiello he has you know, a rare position where they race year round in south florida so he's you know a rare salaried kind of a guy that doesn't really need to look on moving anywhere just to you know the same way that uh john imbrial is right now with with naira with the aqueduct belmont and saratoga but for the most part uh there aren't those year-round tracks and uh announcers are always looking well they're either looking to move to certain parts of the country or maybe looking to move up to uh higher level tracks if you will and when i went to ohio when we first met i was actually the announcer at albuquerque and santa fe for a while and uh former track announcer who's unfortunately not with us anymore luke kripos gave me a call and said hey uh have you thought about thistle down they're looking for an announcer john g dooley is leaving and i said i don't even know where thistle down is and uh, <laughs> i had to so i i ended up calling them and and speaking to the general manager out there and saying hey uh if if you're still looking for somebody, I'd love to send you a tape. And that's back when we used to, you know, get VHS right. tapes uh, done by the, the, the kind folks in the uh, audio <laughs> video department. And I got one yes. up and I FedExed it out to Thistledown. And I called them the next day just to make sure they received it because there's no internet back then. It's not like we can go on and just find a tracking number, you know, and, right. and, uh, and track it ourselves. And uh, they said, lo and behold, yeah, we got it. You're actually at the top of our list. And I was like, what are you talking about? I, and just kind of in a whirlwind, uh, I ended up going from New Mexico to, to Ohio. And, you know, I had to get one of those old Rand McNally maps to figure out how I was going to get from one place to another. I still got one of those maps, so don't make fun of them. <laughs> my, my kids are like, Dad, why did I said, because I like to take the other roads, but I, I digress. So, uh, Bobby, uh, you, you, I, I think you, you're, your home central is in Florida, but when the meet opens uh, out at Prairie Meadows, I believe that's where you'll be calling uh, uh, races this year, correct? Yeah, I, I called for the first time ever in Prairie Meadows last year, uh, or this this past summer, rather, 2021. I uh, had a great time, and uh, I'm going to go back again next year. All right. Well, um, my friend Mike Penn has been awful good at picking uh, talent uh, that's available out there in the media for his horse racing radio network empire. And uh, you are one of his dukes, shall we say, in that uh, we can pretty much uh, – Get you Thursdays through Friday, 3 to 6, through Horse Racing Radio Network. And for those of you with a pen and paper out there, uh, you can find Bobby on uh, Sirius uh, 219, XM 201, or it's even easier, just click on horseracingradio.net that I cover all my bases there, Bobby. 
Yeah, we're actually on right now Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays, 3 to 6, covering live racing. And then we do a call-in show from 6 to 7 on Thursday nights every week. And we do a stakes preview show every Friday night from 6 to 7 p.m. So it's a, it's a lot, but uh, you know what? It's pretty good when you're getting paid to talk about the sport you love. Right, and I'm sure that you had no problem uh, doing that for sure. Well, uh, you know, one of the things that you do in your show is not only talk to people from across the country, but you do expert analysis, which means you probably spent some time this week uh, looking at the Aqueduct card, uh, because as you know, post-Breeders' Cup, uh, things get a little thin on the the stakes calendar as far as graded races are concerned, but uh, Aqueduct's got... uh, a full hand going for us on Saturday, uh, headed up by the $750,000 Cigar Mile. Of course, uh, this is a race that all breeders like to win because they say that uh, any horse that, that can win the Cigar Mile, as it's called now, uh, really kind of stamps himself. There's something about a miler that, that m- makes it uh, at stud. And uh, one of the horses that I don't know if this is going to be a swan song or not. You might know more, Bobby. I don't know. Is Code of Honor. I do believe he he's eventually scheduled to go back to uh, uh, Will Farish's farm upon his retirement. He's already won uh, just short of $3 million. So it's horses like him that could be trying to win this race for their uh, stud career. But then you got some up-and-comers horses that when I look at their PPs uh, are all of a sudden starting to blossom. I think a great uh, example is uh, Ginobili. The question there is, got to ship in to Aqueduct to, to be there. And uh, then you've got Independence Hall, another one that's really kind of uh, had some uh, really consistent speed figures, grinding them out, and uh, is coming off a, a, a win in, in the Fayette. And uh, we don't know what kind of horse uh, Amer- American Revolution can be because uh, he's only made six starts. But, boy, again, if you track the speed figures, this is a horse that just keeps going and going and going. Um, who did I miss in there, and who do you like in the Cigar Mile? Well, let's start from the inside. Number one following C is a Todd Pletcher trainee who's going to take some money, ran uh, a a troubled third in the Breeders' Cup sprint, breaking from the rail uh, last month, and unfortunately draws the rail again. He's He's run twice from the rail, and he hasn't done very well in either of those starts, but he's capable of a lot better than what he showed in his last start. And a mile might be right up his alley, and five to one is a fair price. You mentioned number three, American Revolution, who's the morning line favorite. He's actually a New York bred. To my knowledge, I'm I'm not sure a New York bred has ever won the Cigar Mile. Now they've only had this race since 1988. It it began as the Naira Mile, and then uh, a couple of years after Cigar won it. They renamed it the Cigar Mile. But to my knowledge, there has not been a New York bred win this race. That being said, I'm not really sure there's been a New York bred as good as this one, American Revolution, in the race. He's coming in off a resounding win on a wet track against state breads last time out. But he should sit the right trip. He comes from a little bit off the pace, and there looks like there should be plenty of pace in the race. He's going to have a big chance. Independence Hall. You mentioned it, big win in the Fayette last time out. He was able to get the lead going pretty slowly early on. I don't think that's going to be the case for him this time. This is his final race. He is slated to head to Windstar Farm for stallion duty starting 
in 2022. So they're hoping to go out with a grade one win uh, in the Cigar Mile with Independence Hall. Ginobili, he's as good as anybody, but his good races, his best races by far, have been at Del Mar. When he's not running right. on the main track at Del Mar, he's not running races that are even close to good enough to beating these horses. So the question for him is, is he just a better horse now than he used to be, or is he a horse for course and really needs Del Mar to fire his best shot? And then you have a horse like number 7 Olympiad for Bill Mott and Joel Rosario, who's only lightly raced, but he's done very little wrong in his career and is certainly headed the right direction. I lean a little bit toward American Revolution, even though he's a state-bred facing uh, open company. Uh, he didn't run a bad. He didn't run badly facing horses like Hot Rod Charlie and Midnight Bourbon in the Pennsylvania Derby. Two starts back, uh, I would guess that if either of those horses were in this race, they'd probably be favored in the race, or certainly uh, some of the favorites in the race. And American Revolution should get the right trip. Interesting note. I'm going to give you an interesting trivia fact about this race. I mentioned that it was. It, the first ever Naira Mile or Cigar Mile was 1988. It was won by 49er, who was obviously a very, very good horse for Woody Stevens and Claiborne Farm, ran in all the Triple Crown races that year. The rider of 49er in the Naira Mile was a gentleman named William Fox Jr. Yes. And you're saying to yourself, who is William Fox Jr.? He rode 49er because there was a jockey's strike right and he was he was like a scab rider that was brought in to ride this horse and yep. uh, he never rode another i think he only other than this he only won and, and this, i'm not sure this was a graded stake at the time but he only won like one other graded stake in his career he won uh the tessio aboard a horse like named rock point or something like that but uh you look at it and say how did william fox jr get to ride 49er in the Naira Mile, and that's what it was. There was like a jockey's walkout, and William Fox Jr. said, thank you very much. I'll, I'll take them out on 49er. Oh, that's a great story, but uh, I do remember because he was trying to make a comeback at River Downs at one point. I remember interviewing him when he came back, and he just something he didn't really want to talk about too much, so I let him go. Well, we're here with Bobby Newman. Bobby, we've got some other graded stakes races at Aqueduct. I'm also looking at about four minutes, so I'll let you pick. Uh, You've got uh, two races for the two-year-olds, but none of the horses have ever started at Aqueduct, and none of them have ever gone the nine furlong distance of the Demoiselle or the Remsen. You got any horses you kind of like in either of those two? Well, starting in the Remsen, by the way, the last time a Remsen winner went on to win the Kentucky Derby, 1994, Thunder Gulch won the Remsen, went on to win the Derby the next year. There have not been any Remsen winners since that to go on to win the Kentucky Derby. So will this be the year? Hard to say. The morning line favorite is number one, Mo Donegal. He looked very good breaking his maiden last time out. He definitely has a chance. The two woohoo, that's me for Jorge Abreu and Trevor McCarthy has run very well in all four starts. He's a New York bred that has a chance. I lean toward the morning line second choice, number seven, Zandon, for Chad Brown and Joel Rosario. He is by upstart out of a creative cause mare. Chad Brown has made no bones about it, that he has thought that this is a route horse all along. I think it was just icing on the cake, a total surprise that he was able to win going six furlongs in his debut. I would not be worried about the fact that he's stretching all the way out to a mile and an eighth. I think if he routes as well as he could sprint, 
he's going to win, and he's 5-2 to two on the morning line. As far as the Demoiselle goes, you have the top of the, uh, rather the second and third finishers from the Tempted back in Magic Circle and Nest. Nest is the favorite. Magic Circle beat her that day. She's a better price. Why can't she beat her again? I'm going to key her on top. I'm going to use Nest, save with her. I'm also going to use a 30-to-1 long shot, number eight, full count Felicia, who's only raced on the turf in her three starts. But her turf races are good, and if she can run as well on the dirt as she runs on the turf, she has a chance at a gigantic price. Yeah, and Tyler Gaff-Leon in town to ride, so uh, that certainly uh, shouldn't be a, a knock against the horse. Um, what, what do you think about the chances of this million-dollar baby, Tap the Faith? Well, Tap the Faith looked very wet, very good in her debut, and as you mentioned, she's across $1.25 million. She won going a mile, that, of course, a one-turn mile at Belmont, so she is stretching out to two turns. Bred to run all day by Taffet out of uh, the Super Saver Mare and Bellish the Lace. My personal belief is that that race uh, looks better on paper than it really was. She was all out to beat just kind of a so-so field that day. Doesn't mean she can't improve. Second start out, I think she's going to have to improve to win the Demoiselle. I wouldn't want to take a short price on her. Well, Bobby, thanks so much for your time. Once again, um, so so I don't screw it up, it's Wednesday through uh, Friday, uh, 3 to 6. Fill in the other details for people that want to listen to you. So we're on Sirius 219, XM 201, and on, on the web at horseracingradio.net. We've got a show called Race Day, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays, 3 to 6 Eastern time, where we cover live racing from around the country. It's basically a radio version of TVG, except we're a little bit more opinionated. If we, if we see something we didn't like, we're not afraid to tell you that we see something we didn't like. And, for instance, tomorrow we're going to be covering live action from Aqueduct, opening day at Oaklawn, and opening day at the championship meet at Gulfstream Park. We've also got a, a call-in show every Thursday night from 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time and a weekend stakes preview every Friday night also from 6 to 7 p.m. Uh, you boys do, do stay busy over there for sure at Horse Racing Radio Network. Bobby, thanks so much for joining us. I've got your number now. You're in trouble. I'd love to have you back on the show sometime down the road. All right, buddy. If you ever come down to Florida or if I see you in Prairie Meadows over the summer, uh, my treat for uh, beer and pizza at the track. Sounds great. Bobby Newman, ladies and gentlemen, the voice of Prairie Meadows and a uh, voice several times a week at Horse Racing Radio Network. I want to thank Bobby for joining us. This was his first time. Of course, a guy that's no stranger to winning ponies, none other than Michael Bowen, uh, joined us uh, as, as the first guest. And just go to oldfriends.com. Check out all the gifts uh, that they have. I guarantee you there's going to be something for the horse lover, uh, friend of yours, or horse lover in your family. So for both Bobby and Michael and my producer, Andrew, I'm John Engelhart. Thanks so much for uh, tuning in to Winning Ponies. And don't forget, go come on over to our site, pull down those easy win forms. In addition to Bobby's choices, maybe we'll come up with some other big winners at Aqueduct on Saturday or any track that you like. Thanks a lot, everybody. I'm John Engelhart. Bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. We hope the information from today's show will benefit you at the next post. 
Join us for more insight next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Also, look for our weekly newsletter. Have a great week, and may your photos always be winners.